Well, good morning, church family. We are glad everybody is here today. I am especially glad to be here. I am amongst the land of the living today. Uh, a lot of you have asked. Uh, I had the flu last week, and I tell you, I was telling a couple folks this morning, um, I hadn't, I hadn't been that since, since uh, the last time I was sick was January of 20, uh, August or September of 21, and I had COVID, and I wasn't as sick with COVID as I was with the flu last week. Uh, slept for two and a half days, and I tried to sleep two and a half more, but Karen said it's time to wake up and uh, get busy here. So I'm glad to be here with the, all of you today. We're going to be in Psalm 15. Uh, Noah, come on up. Noah is our scripture reader this morning from Psalm 15. And, uh, oh, I forgot to get the microphone. Man, way to cover me there, buddy. Uh, I, Noah, uh, I give you one guess as to what his last name is. Uh, Noah Rucker is our, uh, now you're like, oh, I get it now. I see. Uh, Noah covered me. I was supposed to grab the microphone. Uh, so thanks for doing that. Uh, you're used to covering the adults in your life, aren't you? You got You got to cover up for a lot of their stuff, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Noah's an eighth grader out at OCS. He plays football and is on the golf team. And uh, one one can be very painful, and one can, but both can be very fun. So, uh, Noah, read with us from Psalm 15. Psalms 15. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless. The one who does what is righteous. The one who speaks the truth from their heart. The ones whose tongue utters no slander. The one who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear God, who keeps an oath even when it hurts, who does and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest and who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Amen. Good luck. Good job, bud. You put that on the thank you. Good job, Noah. You know, the beauty of Psalm 15, uh, really actually the beauty of Psalms is Psalms hits every part of our life. Hits every emotion, uh, hits every behavior, uh, our highs, our lows. It, it, Psalms just, if you, if you read through them and or if you're continuing to read through them, um, it, it really does hit every part of our life. Psalm 15 hits the day-to-day walk of our integrity of our life. Psalms 15 has a big Proverbs feel to it. It also has a big, uh, sounds a lot like the words of, of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And it sounds a lot like Jenks, a very practical uh, feel to the verses and how they flow. In fact, we're probably going to hit, uh, I know for a fact, we're going to hit some from Sermon on the Mount today and we're going to hit some from James as well. Uh, the point is that what we're talking about in Psalm 15, this walk of integrity, they're eternal principles. They're timeless. It's what it really reflects God in our life. And it starts by asking a very serious question, two very serious questions. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Uh, or in the older NIV, it says, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Or who may live on your holy mountain? That's a serious question. I mean, I want to, but man, who, who, who has the right to? Who can? Who, who are you allowing to be in your presence? So when you hear, when Noah read those verses, those five verses from Psalm 15, who came to mind? Did a person come to mind uh, and why? Well, we asked that question. We asked several people this week, 
uh, we read Psalm 15 or asked them to read Psalm 15 and who comes to mind and why. And we recorded those uh, video testimonies. So go ahead and roll that for us there, guys. When David asked me about doing a Psalms 15 um, reading and telling him who I thought of first, man, 50 people came to mind when I read that. Um, But the one person that instantly came to mind is my best friend, Kayla McQueen. She has been there. Even when she was struggling, she's been there for everybody that she knows. She loves with her whole heart. She gives with all that she has, and she never asks for anything in return. And that's why Kayla came to mind when I read Psalms 15. Psalms 15, man, Robert Thompson, man of integrity. He loves. He's never not answered a phone call. He breathes life into everyone around him. Robert Thompson is that guy. When I think about Psalms 15, I think about one of the elders, Robert Abels. Uh, He just has captured my attention as a person of integrity, one who's honest and truthful. And I think he really pursues that. His word is his word, and he's not going to change his mind. He really strikes me as a Psalms 15 person. The person that I think of when I think of integrity is Christina Willis. Christina is um, truthful and loving and kind and when it's the right thing to do, even if she doesn't want to do it, she does it. And she's one of the very few people I have in my life that will tell me the truth and even if she thinks it's going to hurt me because she knows ultimately that it's for the Lord and that it's going to help me. And she does that for everyone in her life. And I appreciate and have so much respect for that. And I love her so much. Um, When I read Psalm 15, a person with integrity that comes to mind for me is Tina Bass. Um, Being a P31, she has shown so much love and grace and, man, mercy and just all the things that, to me, resembled that chapter. Uh, When I hear Psalms 15, the person I think about is Mike Williams. Mike Williams is a very humble person. His humility stands out uh, among other people, and his willingness to spread love and Lord's Word to anybody that's willing to listen. A man I think a lot about when I think about integrity is uh, Chad Johnson. He always tell you, uh, like it is, intentionally, the truth. And he'll speak to you with love. And uh, the words that will come out of his mouth are all the truth, and it's what you need to hear. He's uh, open about his life, and he has a, he has a very strong conviction conviction of his uh, relationship with Jesus. And he's very open about that. And he uh, is a very godly man, and he's, he's someone that I look up to. When I think of a man of integrity, and uh, after reading Psalms 15, the first person I think of is Michael Fair. Uh, just the amount of patience and kindness that he has and the love for, for everybody uh, just proves that, that he is a man of integrity and, and uh, lives out Psalms 15 daily. When I think of Psalms 15, um, man of integrity, um, I think of Ronnie Thrift. Um, he's been a friend a long time. We've... Um, had house church years ago at his house. 
Uh, he's an encourager. Um, he may have an issue that he wants to talk to you about, but you never feel attacked. You always go away feeling like uh, something you need to handle, but at the same time you feel encouraged because of his spirit and the way he approaches you in it. Uh, I just, I, I love him. I, uh, I really thank the world of Ronnie. And uh, he's a Psalm 15 man. Definitely is. When I read Psalm 15, I think of Miss Beverly Dobbs. Um, her walk is so upright and righteous. Um, she is so giving with her time and, and all that she has. Uh, since the day I got to this place, she has poured into me like no other. And she is a servant at heart. And if when I grow up, I could be half the servant she is, I will count myself blessed. When I read Psalm 15, the first person that comes to mind is Amy O'Coin. She's just an amazing human. She pours her time, her love, and her energy into so many people, y'all. Um, I think that her walk is so righteous. I think she is so wise. She speaks truth in love and really just helps people just get over their past. Um, and that is what we're called to do. She discipled me um, through my darkest times, and I'll just be forever grateful. In Psalm 15:3, it says the line whose tongue utters no slander. David Watson, my dear friend, is such an encourager. He speaks well of everybody. You cannot find a time when he is saying something negative about anybody. So when I think of this line, I have to think of David Watson. When I think of Psalm 15, I think of Debbie Johnson. And the reason is, is because for the last eight years that I've known her, I've watched her interaction with people and how she treats them and the things that she strives for. But I think mainly because she allows me to see her struggles and her realness. And she's never tried to pretend like she's a perfect person. But I would say that she's pretty close. When I read Psalm 15, the first person I automatically thought of was my husband, Clay McConnell. He, to me, exemplifies integrity. He's honest and open, and he's fully willing to lean into those hard truths and just sit down and be vulnerable with you and help you grow through his mistakes or um, through his openness and vulnerability. He truly has allowed God to be his rock and his compass when he's been broken and the hardest of times and when he's having an amazing time. He is such an incredible man and I'm so humbled to be his wife and to know him. When I read Psalm 15, I think of Karen Bromley. I believe she lives her life on godly principles and always speaks truth, whether it be during a Bible devotional or an everyday conversation. When I think of someone of character and integrity, I think of Joe Shackelford. I have not ever seen her compromise her character, and I've never heard her speak unkindly of anyone. Yet, she is always ready to lend help, love, and comfort to someone in need. And she is a trusted and tireless friend. Joe Shackelford is of Psalms 15 person. This uh, video testimony couldn't be done the, the way we've been doing it 
because of the 16, 17 people that you just watched, uh, the people they were talking about would never say, oh, I'm a Psalm 15 person. Let me talk about myself. You know, people of integrity don't do that. They live it. Uh, and so, and I know everybody that was mentioned personally, and they're all a little embarrassed and maybe a little frustrated that they were mentioned out loud like that. But that's what makes them a Psalm 15 person. And uh, so all those were were impromptu. Maybe a couple of them were planted, but uh, for the majority, about 95% of them were all impromptu. Uh, read it, who you think of, and hit record. So we could have gone the rest of the day with dozens, as Stephanie started out. Oh, 50 people came to mind. A lot of people came to mind uh, as we, uh, and you came to mind. We'll have opportunity uh, to, to, to mention those people in your life. Please take it. So what does a walk towards God's sanctuary or his, and his holy hill look like? It's a walk of integrity, just like Psalm 15 says. Integrity is one of those words that it's, it's easier to say, oh, that's integrity. That person has integrity. Oh, that behavior is full of integrity or their speech is full of integrity. It's, it's, it's easier to point it out and say there's an example of it than it is to define it. It's one of those things I might not be able to define it, but I know it when I see it and when I know integrity. So where do we see integrity in our lives? Well, right here, one, there's integrity in our walk. First part of verse two, he whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous. Uh, you know the cliche, that person walks to the beat of a different drum. You ever heard that? You ever said that about somebody? You ever said that about your own, yourself or have had, have had that said about you? Uh, you know, isn't it funny? I have three children and uh, same mom, same dad, same DNA, but all three different. All three seem to have a different beat to a different drum uh, going on. And then you, you've seen those videos where you have the kids up there and maybe in a Christmas play or, or a, a concert or something, and you got... A hundred of them, and we'll have that here. You'll have a hundred of them doing what they're supposed to do. And then you got that one over here doing their thing. Yeah, that's the beat of a different drum. We are, as children of God in this world, we're that one doing our thing over here. But it's not our thing we're doing. We're doing the Lord's thing. The Holy Spirit is calling our cadence now. He is He is beating that drum. He is the one keeping us in rhythm. How do we know that? Galatians chapter 5 says that when we have the Holy Spirit and we're following Him, yielding Him to, to Him in our life, He is the one that we are keeping in step with. He's not keeping in step with us. If that's the case, then it's backwards. That's the first part of Galatians 5, where we're walking by the flesh. We're walking by the Spirit. He is leading our way. Proverbs 3 says it's a life of acknowledging Him. And He says, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways or your journeys, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. That's what it is. It's a journey. When we walk with the Lord, it's a journey. It's not just boom, boom, we're here, we're there. We're moving towards and we're growing towards the sanctuary or the holy hill of God. It's a life that's walked with people on this journey. How have your, uh, since you, since you've become a child of God, how have your relationships changed? Who are the people you're with? How, who, how are they different than, than previous? I remember when I became a Christian, I tried to spend some time with uh, some of my non-Christian friends, and it didn't work. 
it didn't work too well. Now, I still love them, and we were friends. Uh, and, and, and still to this day, uh, I know some of them and, and appreciate them, and they're not walking the ways we used to walk, thank the Lord. But the fact is, it was, it was different. My fellowship was different. We begin to talk, uh, it reminds us back to, uh, to Psalm 1 where it says, Don't sit, stand, or walk in the way of the wicked sinners or mockers. Who I'm sitting, standing, and walking with is different. I'm walking with people on a similar journey as I am. Now this is not some, you know, communal, you know, build walls and live inside and not get out there. No, we're walking in enemy territory. We've got to realize we're walking as aliens and strangers. We're walking as visitors, Peter would say, in this world. Jesus would say people whose walk with integrity in Matthew chapter 5, they're salt and light in this world. That's what a walk of integrity is. Wherever we go, when our walk is one of integrity, we bring light and we bring life to people around us. That's us walking towards the hill and mountain of God. Knowing that, there's integrity in our speech and how we talk. Look at the last part of verse 2. Who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue. Your mouth ever gets you in trouble? Yeah, it does. It gets me in trouble. Uh, you don't stand in front of people long enough without misspeaking, miscommunicating, misst- misstating, or just saying things you just don't need to be said. Uh, so our mouth does get us in trouble. James would say this about our speech. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the body parts. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself is set on fire by hell. Ow! That hurts. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are tamed and and have been tamed by humankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. I can't tame your tongue, you can't tame my tongue. I have trouble taming my own tongue. But who can tame my tongue? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who has been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? No. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? No then neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Ouch! And that was written when James wrote that. He wrote those early Christians saying, watch your language. Watch what you say. Make sure your, your, your speech is full of integrity. How do I change my language? Luke 6, Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, I've got to control my language. No, we change our hearts, and then our language follows. So how do I do that? The Holy Spirit. Remember, it's a journey. We continue to grow. Who we're around, what we put in. The, if, if, if you put good in, then the good is going to transform. That's why we encourage you. Read God's Word regularly. That's why we said, you know, look, while we're doing through Psalms, read through it. 
Read through the book of Psalms. Take that one-month challenge. If you've been in our Renewing Your Mind classes or if you've watched them online, we, we stress how important it is to put the Word of God in our life. How important it is to be in fellowship with people. How important it is to worship with other people. How important it is to have good stuff going in. And what that does, it lets the Holy Spirit take that, that it's fodder for Him to work with and to change our life. We've got to put good in for our speech, for good things to come out in our speech. So integrity in our walk, there's integrity in our speech, but there's also in our integrity in our interactions with others. Look here, the last part of verse 3. Who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man? Notice it's not... Uh, uh, the neighbor that's next to me that, that I like, that I'm kind to. It's who I cast no slur on my neighbor. How does your daily interaction uh, other, with others reflect who you serve? We live in a very bombastic um, culture that's kind of charged sometimes. Uh, when our order is not right, whenever a customer service takes a little, is not so service towards the customer, and uh, if you work with people, you understand that. And, and, and we can get very offended very quick because things didn't go the way we want them to. And as a result, sometimes we can treat people the wrong way. I would not recommend you do that to the person serving your food. Whatever your order is, it is. Or if it's not right, be kind and nice about it. It's okay. Uh, Remember in Luke 10, Jesus had this interaction with this guy. Uh, he said, you know, what, what, what good thing must I do? And he said, well, you know the, you know the law. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, you know, the second's like to it, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, wanted to go a little bit further with him. He said, well, well who's my neighbor? Then Jesus tells him this parable about the Good Samaritan. And the one who thought would be their neighbor were not very neighborly, but the one that was not necessarily his neighbor, wouldn't think would be his neighbor, was the one who loved him. Integrity says, I will love and take care of my neighbor no matter what neighborhood they're from. They may not live next door to me. They may not look like me. They may not think like me. But I'm going to love my neighbor. Why? Because Jesus said, love my neighbor. And labor, neighbor is not necessarily a geographical uh, or uh, physical place. My neighbor is who Jesus says my neighbor is. Matt, Jesus would say this in the Sermon on the Mount. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, slap him back. No, no, you may want to. Turn to him the other cheek. If anyone, <laughs> but that's our first inclination, isn't it? <clears throat> if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, countersue him for his whole wardrobe. If anyone, no, hand over your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from, from you. You have heard that it is said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. Paul would say later, when you do that, 
you heap burning coals on her head. And you would also say to be kind and compassionate. So when you have the opportunity this week, even if it's been, okay, this is not going the way it should, be nice. Be nice about it. Be kind. When you get in that line that's, that's long and things aren't going well, be kind. Be nice. Make sure your interactions with people are full of integrity. The neighbor that you're interacting with may not be the neighbor that lives next to you, but be the, he, they may be the person that God says, this is your neighbor. Not only that, there is integrity in our mind. Verse 4, who despises a vile man, but honors those who fear the Lord. Here's the, here's the picture that's happening here. You come along, you're watching something on television, you come across a situation, you know about a situation or, or, or whatever, and you look at it, and there's a lot of evilness that's there. What happens next? Are you drawn towards it? Or you're clicking, and then something comes up, do you pause and drawn to it? Or do you pull away from it? That's this verse. Despises what is evil, but honors what is God-fearing. And that is a growth thing in our life, isn't it? For many of us, there were things when there was a, uh, uh, an evil, when there was a temptation, boom, we're right there with it. But there was that point in time in our life where we're like, oh, I don't do that anymore, and it gives us pause. And we may still move towards it or lean in towards it, but as we grow and we journey with the Holy Spirit to the mountain of God, it's less and less lean in and we're leaning away from it. Billy and Lindy uh, found two stray dogs uh, in their, on, their hunting, on Billy's hunting club back in the winter uh, and during season, brought them home and pinned them up. Well, our neighbor between us has chickens so you see where this is going so they're out walking these two beagles uh the other day and uh, lindy was telling karen now the story yesterday and walking along feeling pretty good and there's a whole was that a whole flock of chickens it's a flock of chickens isn't it it's not a gaggle whatever all this bunch of chickens is out there and one it's pecking around doing their thing, and the whole pack goes off by without this one chicken by itself sitting there. And then one of the dogs looks and then turns around, looks at the chicken, looks at Billy, and is going for a chicken, chicken dinner. You know, I mean, here I am. And kind of ruffled the feathers. It survived. You know, there wasn't a death in the neighborhood of the chicken. Uh, but, you know, it happens. That dog will probably do that forever. Why? Because it's a dog. And it likes chickens. We're not dogs. We're made in the image of God. We carry the image of God. We're not animals and we don't have to be slaves to our desires. Those things can be shaped by the Holy Spirit. And that's what it is to walk with integrity, to have those desires, to have our mind shaped by the Holy Spirit. Where once I looked and ran towards it, now I look and I see what is evil and I pause and I lean away from it. It repels me. That is a walk of integrity.
we honor God with that. There's also an integrity in our word here in the last part of verse 4. Who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind. This is one of the easiest to say, but sometimes it's the hardest to do. So here's some practical thoughts. Don't really have to go far with this because we all understand that keeping oaths sometimes is difficult. That's why the Bible says don't make them quickly. So here's some practical things. Tell the truth. Don't lie. Usually the first thing we want to do when we're caught or confronted with something is to lie. Don't. Tell the truth. It's the best way out of trouble. The only thing, uh, the only thing that grows in darkness is sin. And lies fuel sin. Uh, shine light onto it. It gives people the opportunity to give you grace. When you're supposed to be somewhere, be there. Show up. When you, when you, when you, if you can't be there, just say, you know what, I can't be there. Uh, don't, don't show up an hour late or just say, hey, as, as, as I've visited with several people before and said, I commit but have no intention of ever showing up and I just can't, I just can't not show, I just can't say yes. I cannot not say yes. I'm like, we well, better learn otherwise you're a liar. You know, you gotta, you gotta learn. Uh, when you're supposed to be somewhere, be there. When you have a job to do, do it. But I don't know how. Then ask somebody to help you. Figure it out. That's integrity of your word. Keep your word. When you say you'll do something, do it. The consequences of not having integrity in your word, lack of trust or confidence that you'll come through. People then begin to look for things like, oh, they're not going to follow through on this, so why even ask? Uh, People begin to expect the worst. Give people something good to look at because you want to look good? No, because your walk and your word reflect who you serve. That's the important thing here. Matthew 5, 37, Jesus said, Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Have good boundaries. Keep your word. There's also integrity with money. Here's another ouch, okay? Because it gets a little, little, little toe-cringing whenever we uh, talk about money. Who lends money to the poor without interest and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. There's a lot of ways we could go here, but this is, this is suffice to say right here. We all have money problems. Okay? And it's because it's not about the amount of money that we have or don't have. That's, that, that comes to us or doesn't come to us. It's not about the amount. The key uh, is understanding the managing of the money. Uh, it's not, and that's not even about balance sheets and budgets. It's about, it's, uh, again, if I, have, if I have too much month and not enough money at the end of it, or if I have too much uh, money and a lot of month, oh, that wouldn't be a problem. Well, then I'm worried about, you know, if I... Don't spend this or give it away or do something that I'll be taxed on it. And, you know, it's, it's the, the problem on the money side is not too much or too little. It's about managing. And it's, it's not, again, about numbers, but about what's managing our life. Does money manage us or does God manage us? Not, not, not the money that comes to us. And I, and I say that phrase on purpose. I'm trying to work in my life as I grow in this idea with money that it's not my money. The money that comes to me, however it comes to me, is God's money. I'm just, it just comes to me and I'm supposed to let Him manage my life. And when He manages my life, 
my money or the money that comes to me is managed. It might be a a flip side or upside down way of looking at that, but I, I think it's a kingdom perspective that God, it all belongs to God. And He gives it to us. Does He manage my life? And if He does, and I'm walking integrity with it, then it's going to be distributed the way He wants it distributed. Because I'm bowing a knee to it, uh, to Him, and so is what my, is in my pocket. The good thing in my life is that my wife handles all of that. And so, and she has much more integrity in that than I do. And so therefore, I'm trying to learn from her. And all of that. Jesus would say this, you can't serve God and money. In fact, you've never served money. It will always, it will always enslave you. Let God manage that. The challenge is this. He who does these things will never be shaken. A renewed life of integrity is a life of stability. They walk confident. They walk stable and they walk in assurance so a few things as we begin to land examine your life through the lens of psalm 15 this will shine light as you journey on the lord just these these few things here and there's a lot to talk about when it talks about integrity but if we just begin right there if you're new to the lord or even if you're old, old in the lord and you want to begin saying, okay, what do I need to work on? Start right here in Psalm 15. Filter your life. Look at your interactions. Filter your life through Psalm 15 and examine. The other is practice. Practice living Psalm 15. Look for opportunities to live out Psalm 15. It's very practical. Pray, Lord, show me some ways to practice Psalm 15 this week, and you will be given them. We had... uh, I was telling Bo and Shelly a while ago that um, they had, uh, uh, Charlie came by, uh, had a guy, 18-wheeler, clip our transmission lines on our road and snapped our pole in three places last Saturday. So, you know, we're out, the whole neighborhood's out of electricity. I walked out there and, you know, you get a little frustrated. You're like, look, there's a dirt road about as wide as this, as this aisle here and an 18-wheeler with a tractor trailer's coming down it. Come on. That was my first thought. My second thought when I went out there was, and this is what came out. It's not how you wanted your Saturday to start, was it? And uh, he said, man, I'm so sorry. I said, well, that's, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll come fix it. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. But he stuck for the next three hours, uh, sitting there with powered lines across his truck and everything. But look, that was an opportunity Myself and the neighbors, we could have been very, very upset and frustrated and mad about it. But, you know, it wouldn't have got us anywhere. We had an opportunity to say, hey, you know, there you go. You will have those opportunities this week. Find them. Find Psalm 15 people and do what they do. We had about 16 listed here. There's 160 plus more (laughs) that we could have listed. Find Who's that Psalm 15 person in your life and say, you know what? I want to do what they do. Be that, find that person. And here's the opportunity, a great opportunity to be a Psalm 15 person. Encourage Psalm 15 people in your life. Mail is a wonderful thing. You know that? And I'm not talking email. I'm talking mail. Whenever you take the moment to get a little card, even a little cheap postcard, 
and write a handwritten note to somebody, hey, I see you being a Psalm 15 person. Boom, 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 boom. And this is why. Thank you for being that person of integrity for me to watch. Get a piece of paper, get a, a note, uh, a little card or something, and write it. Find out their address and put a stamp on it and send it to them in the mail. And when they open it, they're like, oh, it's not a sale paper. I, I don't have to throw this away. And they will hang on to it. How many of you still have notes that you were given years ago by people? Yeah. They don't throw them away. Be that Psalm 15 person. Find a Psalm 15 person encouraged. So examine your life through Psalm 15. Practice living Psalm 15. And encourage people who are Psalm 15 people. A renewed life is one of integrity. It doesn't come from my own righteousness or my own uh, walk that is so perfect and holy. It comes, and my own goodness comes, uh, it comes from the goodness of God in my life. And the only way that we can ever walk or even have a, des- uh, even a desire to walk holy and walk with integrity in this world is because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And the reason that happened is because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God became flesh. He died on a cross uh, to, to reconcile a relationship back to us. He rose from the dead to give us hope beyond a life of death. And he gives us hope in this world so that we can walk in cadence, in step with the Holy Spirit, walking a life of integrity. And that's what we are to be and do in salt and life. If that's what you want, whatever you've got, the invitation is yours while we stand and sing. Wait.